0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. and I want to welcome you to the podcast. I hope everyone is uh, ready for Christmas. I know that I guess I am. I guess I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Rob, how about you being? It's Christmas Eve. Are you ready? Uh,
1: I'm I'm as ready as I need. I'm as ready as I need to be, if that uh, answers (laughs) the question.
0: I, uh, you know, I'm looking through my stack. And, of course, my wife and I, we... uh, we gifted each other a, uh, a new television set, so no other gifts.
1: Oh, that's, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so I, I think I'm done, but I do have a few things down here for, how should we say it? The, uh, special delivery, uh, stocking stuffers. So
1: <laughs> you always have a few of those, right? That's right.
0: That's right. You've always got to have those on the side and,
1: and, uh, if you have any, you know, cats or dogs, you gotta, gotta give them something every year too.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, no doggies or kitties around here right now, except for my my daughter's cat is psycho that's staying with us. So, uh, but uh, she's just visiting. But otherwise, um, I think uh, I think we're ready here. But uh, how how's your week in the new media space?
1: It's been pretty slow, Todd. This is uh this is a a typical holiday Christmas week. Um, but I was, uh, I was charging head podcasting and I saw that you were as well. Um, this is the, the time of the year, as we've said many times to, uh, create your best content because there's a lot of people with time off and time to listen to podcasts. Um, so that's the advice I've been throwing out there is, uh, if you're a podcaster, now's a great time to podcast.
0: Yeah. Between now and about, well, really, you know, if you, if you think about it and I'm all screwed up here, pushing buttons. Um, if you think about it, the, uh, lots of new gadgets, so people are looking for content and, you know, they're going to, maybe it's going to be a kid or a young adult that's going to ask, uh, you know, maybe if a parent's smart, they preload the podcast on a device, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, uh, you know, people looking for new content and, you know, a whole host of, of things and plus time off. You know, so, you know, people are, you know, most people, a lot of people started vacation yesterday or last night and they'll Mm -hmm. be off through the new year's. So, you know, lots of time to consume content. So yeah, pour on the coals time. Yes. So And
1: the content doesn't have to be about Christmas either. No. Yes.
0: But if you have a self-improvement show or health related show, this is really important time because people are always looking for their new year's resolutions on what they're going to do. And you know, the goals are setting and losing weight and all that stuff. So that they're seeking out <laughs> that content.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially the losing weight shows that they, <laughs> uh, they stop doing after two months. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the most, most, uh, new year's resolutions get, uh, Destroyed in like the first you know seventy two hours or so, so
1: <laughs> no follow through, right? Yeah, Yep. But uh, I- I'm sure that there's probably a lot of a lot of podcasts that get started up in this time period too, because people are saying I'm going to do it this year, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And we've actually, you know, for the first couple of weeks in December, um, I was like, you oh, know, this is gonna be a slow month, but it's really picked up here in the last week. We uh, had a surge of. I don't know what if it was just you know maybe people finally like you said maybe getting on vacation a week before Christmas and had a luxury time and but at least a lot of new account openings. We'll see how many of those last.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, there's always a lot of a lot of churn in this space. It's true. Yeah, are you seeing it as well? I mean, I mean it on on the subscription side as well as the content creation side. Well, Uh, there's. a lot of people trying out new shows and um, kind of moving through content.
0: Well, you know what? It's interesting. I see on our side, um, I try to keep – we've been working real hard this past year to get the, I guess, what you want to call the churn rate down, number mm-hmm. of people that are canceling. And with Mike Delco, Oh,
1: you're talking about uh- – plans on the service i mean yeah yeah people coming in yeah Yeah.
0: and what, what we've tried to do is we also know that there's such a huge high failure rate of new shows yeah that we've spent a lot of time and really a lot of company resources to reach out and train new podcasters um you know we've been heavily focused on that all year and uh i would say based upon that effort um at least from a your peer cancellation standpoint and people cancel their accounts because they, they stopped doing their show. Um, we got that way down. I mean, way, 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 way down. And, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, again, a lot of this work we're doing to try to, um, help new podcasters get, uh, get going. But, um, you know, time will tell on that as well.
1: Well, it's key to get them, get them set up right to begin with. Yeah. Um, And then, then it's, then it just really turns into a content game for them. And, and if they're having to battle producing great content at the same time, they're trying to, um, you know, battle, you know, technical issues or, or problems with the platform or, uh, it just, it, it makes it more likely that they're going to fail as podcasters. So, um, you know, most podcasters get into podcasting for the content not the debugging of the technical mm-hmm. experiences
0: yeah so you know but you know that's you know we provide a i guess a bi week you know weekly training we do weekly webinars for new customers yeah. but also the um, it's not just that it's also you're you're right that you know sending them to the right resources on you know the steps they need to get started you know all these people are selling all these 10-step plans and stuff like this and um, yeah, they don't need them. Yeah, they don't need them because most of the resources are free across all. Yeah. You know, you do it, we do it, and everyone, you know, a lot of people do a lot of, provide a lot and of resources. And oftentimes
1: the, the, re, the free resources are actually more accurate and <laughs> better than the ones you pay for.
0: Because of the so called podcast experts, per se. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so you know i was as as predicted we've got a lot of top 50 list and top 100 list and you know i was looking through some of those and you know they're all very subjective and oh yeah um you know i was looking at ad ages and as a variety of other folks and i just kind of like it's the same players you know um and then a lot of shows that quite frankly i've never heard but then when i look into the details they're like Oh yeah, another East Coast NPR or, you know, one of those groups. And uh they they just people are not looking at the indie independent podcasters a lot, which is sad. A few get mentioned, but not very many.
1: Yeah. Well, it's I'm not quite sure why that is and if if it gets back to just the independent guys are just too too loosely connected. I mean, at this point, and that contributes to that, Um, you know, but it's, but, but it's clear, you know, and I'm sure you would agree that the independent podcasters are the the heart and the soul and the backbone of this whole space.
0: Absolutely. you know, it's, it's the bulk of the, you know, bulk of the shows are out there, but there was a few things this week that made the news and we're getting talked about a little bit. And I, and I had to laugh just a little, uh, Facebook's announcement about doing uh, Facebook debuting live audio.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: Um, okay, so and right.
1: Then, go ahead. Oh, and then all the articles that popped up saying Facebook has gotten into podcasting. <laughs> right.
0: Um, in fact, that, that reminds me, I actually had an article that was, um, I've got it bookmarked here. Do I have it? Oh, please let me tell me. Okay, let me read this. Um, Live audio will become an important complement to traditional forms of podcasting. For example, what if most consumption to your show comes from via live audio rather than RSS feeds, which drives your podcast? And what if live audio becomes more than iTunes? And then you no longer have a podcast, per se. You have a live audio show, right? Indeed, this echoes a theme I have long argued Podcasts are a form of audio rather than a platform all their own. The show is the unit of focus, not the distribution channel. I take a little ex- a little exception yeah. to that. There's some
1: there's a little shard of truth in there, but um it's not as much as it's being played up to. Uh,
0: this is from your buddy, Mark Ramsey.
1: I well. Okay.
0: Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. Um podcast is only a podcast if it's delivered via an RSS feed and it is a delivery syndication method. Sure. There is right. We are doing live on YouTube right now. We're doing live on Facebook. So we are a live show on Facebook and a live show on YouTube right now. Which is perfectly fine. It's just fine. But we currently have in Facebook, I had, I've got six watching live. And then let me look over here at YouTube. Let's see how many we've got over there. And those numbers are usually lower. So uh, on YouTube, we've got four. So there's 10 people currently on a Saturday morning on Christmas Eve watching our live show. Now, (laughs) if I relied on 10 people to. Support and be the backbone of this show being live, we would be in deep shit <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, considering that we don't make any money off of this show
0: ten would a be deal. ten yeah. would be hard, but yeah. when I have a podcast and we have nearly five thousand people subscribed, then I'm pretty happy about those numbers, <laughs> you yeah. know, considering it's a podcast focused show
1: it is clearly, yeah. You know, it just happens to be produced as a as a live show and right. a live video show. Right. That doesn't make it a live audio show or a live video show primarily. No. It's a podcast.
0: It's 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 primarily a podcast, but it's still we're still doing live. So yeah. my point on this whole Facebook Live thing was that Facebook Live is audio. Those that don't want to do video, it's just because there's a lot of people that don't want to invest in this or they just don't want to do video which is fine i think live audio would be is going to be great for a lot of podcasters but here's the thing i really think it's going to be you know someone probably can cash in here if they develop a facebook live audio program that is scheduled to come on at the same time every day 5 days a week with a short three to five minute show something short something very short that it's not going to take up too much time um they say that they're going to be able to have this we on at least on android you're going to be able to continue surfing facebook and still listen to the show so that's a plus but that
1: hasn't been the case up to this point no so, no yeah.
0: so that's a plus i'll say that so i think there's going to be some some good uses of live audio but, you know, yeah. we've got some dedicated fans in here. We've got Michael, we've got Rick, we've got Rita, you know, we've got uh, Bill, you know, folks that have got actually maybe a little bit on vacation now or whatever, got some extra time to watch yeah. the show.
1: Well, and Todd, I do another live show every week, too, for Spreaker. And, and I get up to, I've had as many as 50 people listening live, but then I'll get hundreds of people actually listening to it, um, on demand. So it's, it's primarily a podcast. It just, it just so happens that live is used to engage with an audience at a deeper level. Mm -hmm. We can take feedback while we're producing the show and comment on that feedback. And that audience feels like a a little bit more personally connected to us. And that's, that's the only real advantage of doing it live. Um, it's not going to build a huge audience for you and you can't really expect that it's going to.
0: So here's a question for Michael. Here's a question I have. I record a podcast live with an audience. Is it a podcast while it's happening or only when distributed via RSS? Well,
1: it's kind of both, right? You're- it's, it's kind of a mute distinction, really. Um, Where's- the primary consumption is a podcast. So I think you can call it a podcast even though it's a live show.
0: And and a lot of people don't like using the word show in their pod, I mean, you word podcast in their show anymore, so that's cool. Which
1: is fine. Yeah, you know, I don't so. think you have to use the word podcast. No name. No, no. It's the same with this show. Yeah, called the New Media Show. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I do it. You know, the speaker live show. So it's it's the same thing. I think that that's an important thing too. I don't think that you have to name your show no. uh, as a podcast. But, but here's here's
0: the main reason why I've always done live it's because I can and I'm still recording and you
1: like doing it it's your preferred production method yeah
0: it, and it, I'm still recording I got video audio recording over here on adobe edition I've got um uh, a uh, Blackmagic black magic capture card that is capturing the video the tricaster's backing it up as a backup I never use that video cuz it's you know it's massive so Um, unless I screw something up and then it's my, I can go back to it or I can do a replay, but I do live because I can. And those that listen live, I love them from being on because they provided some, some feedback. And, um, and at the same time, we're, we know that the primary audience is listening. Rick says, Todd, I have a podcast that just hit 80 episodes this week and zero listeners. Does that my Make mine the longest-running podcast that nobody listens to? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> well, to, to that means, Rick, uh, time to get out there and start doing some cross-promotion. Or, if, yeah. you know, if you're 80 in and no one's listening, then you got to look at the content and see, okay, why am I not starting to gain some listenership? Um, you know, my mom and I did, a sh- after my dad died, my mom and I did a show and I you know that show was very very you know I was talking about uh you know what happens to someone after spouse dies and um for us that show was more therapy than it was anything else but we still get people from time to time that comment on it even today that was recorded all those years ago and uh we never had a big audience but we didn't care it was just her and I's way of kind of chit-chatting about these life changes so a show doesn't always for an individual doesn't always have to have an audience now many will wish that they do um but it also i guess it's dependent upon the goal of the show for her and i it was like going to shrink where it was we we're doing therapy on each other
1: It was true absolutely <laughs> well, true. there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of motivations for doing this. Um, you know, doing, doing a audio show or a podcast or doing it on Facebook or what, whatever. I mean, I think personally that, that, um, Facebook supporting live audio, I think is a good development. I, there's, there's definitely a feeling that I have, um, from doing live, um, you know, with you and on my, you know, on my other show, I typically didn't do that in the past. Um, I'm not typically a live producer of content. I'm, I I like to do post production um, stuff, uh, but I I've also seen it where there's some there's some advantages to doing it too. I mean, it also I have to be honest too. I work for Spreaker and Spreaker is a live streaming platform, so I do want to demonstrate the the technology of the platform for the company that I'm working with right now, and that certainly is a is an honest. Uh, reason for why I'm doing it live there. Um, but but I can also see some advantages there. And I think it does kind of dovetail in with some trends that we've been seeing. Um, you know, from um, Meerkat to live streaming on Facebook now, um, it does appear to be something that um, is getting some traction. Whether or not it's building huge audiences, it's certainly getting some attraction – Because the big platforms are starting to support it, and it seems to be something that people are getting more familiar with.
0: Well, I'll be honest, Rob, the um, live makes you a better podcaster, too.
1: It does. Oh, I agree with you totally.
0: You're live, there's no cutting out of the mistakes, and what's in the content lives beyond you. Now, I, I did a live show on. Uh, a couple weeks well a week ago that for some reason i think what was going on i think i had two kids playing heavy gaming and i told them basically the rule is when i go live no um you know head-to-head gaming because it uses a lot of bandwidth and i think i had kids using a lot of bandwidth and my youtube uh, video stuttered and it just basically wasn't getting enough throughput so I got done with that show and I took, I made it private because it, it was horrible. It was pixelated throughout the uh, episode. And then I uploaded the, you know, the it was same exact video um, and, um, and, and uploaded that and put it on just because I wanted to replace it. But uh, that's the only time I, you know, I've really replaced or edited and I edit audio, believe it or not. If I have a boo-boo in the show, um, I think this year i've edited my audio podcast twice <laughs> um, but I've never edited the video, and i've never done a a cut on the video. I just leave it in, so if you want to see where the mistakes are, the mistakes are more often in the video than it is in the audio because the audio's easy to fix
1: yeah it's hard to fix video
0: it's hard yeah you, you just you, you, you if you're blinking at the same time I make the cut you might. Miss the cut, but usually it's pretty. You know, all of a sudden the head jerks to the side, you know, because, <laughs> <laughs> right. because you're not in the same position as you were a frame before, you know. So if you're watching, you're like, "Oh, he cut that right there." But I think the live audio is going to be good if for some folks, we'll see where it. Uh, but how much of this? Okay, here's the real question: How much of the Facebook live audio will be really be live? But not re broadcast.
1: Yeah. I don't think that there's any capability that Facebook is offering to actually record that and be able to give you access to it. Um, so you can post it to an RSS feed or something like that. So I think folks that are doing this on Facebook, they're going to want to have a, a process that they can record that externally from their, their live show on Facebook. Yeah. Um, that would be my recommendation. And then it gives you the option to put it out as a podcast where you're going to gather a lot more listeners potentially.
0: So, you know, you know, you think about live though, and there's different logistics challenges. So this year I'm, um, I've got mounted to my camera rig that I'm taking to see. Yes, a Amiibo. And when I do live from someone's booth or something like that, if I decide to do a short 10 minute interview and do it live, um, that process is not super clean yet and actually I'm was just before the show starting I was researching something because what I have to do is I have to mount get my camera rigged that's all gonna be recording good there's no problem there but then to do the Mevo and to get good audio and to feed it from the microphone that I'm doing the interview with I have to patch that into my iPad which is not a problem either I can patch it in um, where Where the problem is, is getting it, I got just one camera operator. So he's going to have to be running this Mevo thing at the same time we're doing live in a booth. And logistically, I'm thinking about if I had a third person, this would be no problem. They would just hold the iPad and and do the stuff. Um, But I'm going to have to mount the iPad to the the camera mount so I can do, you know, this uh, Mevo production or this, uh, you know, live production when I want to. And have good audio you know they people will they'll 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 put up with shitty video but they won't they won't suffer through bad audio so um you know that's a really my last piece i really and what it came to is, i got to thinking about it because i've got a um i'm selling sponsorships so basically um if you want live in your booth you pay so much you get an ad free interview um, it's only in people I've already pre-approved. No company that I've not pre-approved can just come in and say we want to sponsor. I don't do it that way. I only, you know, I think I've got 90 companies that I've got slated to talk to. So um, the company said, well, we want we want to do a sponsor. We want to get a free ad-free interview, and we want you to do live in the booth. I was like, oh, uh, I got to make sure this goes off slick. So, you know, it's just an additional layer to the onion. So it's the same with. So, those recordings have got to be good. And the same thing with people doing it here. They got to have the mechanisms to to store the audio. So, I don't know what the interface in the Facebook Live is. I don't know what kind of. uh, Are they going to have a streamcast? Are they going to. How are they doing it? You know, that's my question.
1: I would think it's going to be pretty much the same way that you're doing it with the live video right now, I would think.
0: Well, then people are going to have to come up with a, a rig then to do audio uh into their iphone or whatever and then you know the challenge is having enough battery on your phone to get through whatever time um you know there's all those things to think about so maybe it's gonna or be they'll
1: have to do it there and then they'll have to go home and and record that show off of their speakers
0: oh, yeah <laughs> yeah there's but,
1: always a hack work around to make this stuff work yeah it's just a matter of, is the audio quality compromised by doing it that way? Yeah,
0: And my key is, is I don't want to compromise on the audio quality. Yeah. You know, that, that's the, so I'm going to spend another hundred bucks on a mount and the, you know, the rig's going to get heavier, but what we'll do is I'm not going to attach it full time. I'm going to have that in the bag. So we get ready to go to do a live event. I'll screw the mount in so that the iPad can hang off to the side. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. Poor Isaiah. He's gonna. The dude's gonna build some muscles because the camera rig is <laughs> gonna be heavier. It's gonna be well. Heavier. There could
1: be a you know an a new source of uh, podcasters that are gonna come out of this ah, live true. audio on on Facebook and are gonna be looking for hosting. Yeah, for getting it out as a podcast. Um,
0: but
1: but let's. Let's be clear, uh, Facebook is not enabling podcasting.
0: No, no, and they're not <laughs> going to provide an RSS feed, and you're you're probably not going to be able to download the audio and all that stuff. It's going to reside just like it does right now. Hi, Eileen. How are you, Brad, Matt? Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Eileen. So anyway, I think we've uh, beat a dead horse here, but I, I think Facebook Live Audio will have its limited utilizations.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and if it gets more people involved in producing audio quality or audio content mm-hmm. um, then I think it's a good thing for the podcasting space
0: and you know i'm I'm gonna stick with video at this point because I think Facebook's more a visual visual thing I think people you know are more inclined to click on video and watch video than they are I don't know I, we'll we'll see it'll be it'll be curious to be able so you,
1: to so you did hear officially that they're going to enable listening to audio um, um, even though you've <coughs> scrolled past that post?
0: Yep. In Android only.
1: In in Android only. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not in iOS. Because and- that's always been the the kind of limitation of this stuff with yep. these social platforms is that um, if you are looking at your wall mm-hmm. and – and if you scroll past something, yep. it stops playing.
0: Some video will continue to play now. I've noticed that. Oh, uh, okay. But it's annoying because you watch a video to watch video. Yeah. Um. So maybe it's almost
1: like it needs to be like a like a pop up that happens, kind of like with Skype, where Skype has a little pop up player yep. that.
0: Have you, have you seen also, what the news folks have been doing lately? You go over to CNN or Fox and you start playing a video at the top of the page and you scroll down, they, they shove it to the right bottom corner. Have you seen that?
1: Yeah. Rob? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. It's almost like a picture in a picture kind of thing.
0: Yeah, they do it. And it's, and if you scroll back up, they throw it back up in the top of the, of the website. That to me, um, allows me to read the article and hear the commentary i I actually kind of like that um it threw me off to begin with so i think that's pretty slick so if facebook does something like that um maybe i don't know we'll see on the but i don't usually you know i i sit at this desk a lot you know i'm i'm different i'm you know i work from home so i i sit here at my desk a lot so most of the time i'm I'm not looking at my mobile phone to do Facebook or other social media. I'm on my, I'm, you know, it's right in front of me. So, um, but I know that's not the norm. I know most people are probably looking at social media on their, on their mobile device. So we'll see how they implement it. Mm -hmm. All right. There was, um, an article that I promised the guy in the podcast community that I would, uh, Deconstruct. It's a, uh, and it actually was published on Ad Age. It's an article by Corey Layton. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, oh, um, so that as well. he's got some predictions. And, uh, uh, I don't know Corey at all. Um, and I, I don't know how one becomes, you know, Ad Age. He, I guess, you know, it's kind of, anyway, well, they usually have a pretty good lineup of, of articles and coverage. So I'm assuming he, uh, in order to p- publish over there, he's you know he's done some articles in the past, but um, he says that um, in the same way that Serial is credited with kickstarting the podcast renaissance, okay, uh, uh, again, and it was about the fifth renaissance we've been through, achieving over two hundred thirty million downloads across both series. ESPN is about to completely re-image the power podcast in sports, until most sports podcasts sound like this: a predictive group of talking heads chatting while reviewing. The week's game, often an aimless and circular banner. ESPN is about to score big with an obvious winner, bringing bringing serial rich narrative to sports. I I'm sorry, Corey, but ESPN's been at this for a long time, <laughs> and I think they've been knocking it out of the ballpark. And they are the king of sports shows uh, by far, and have been for a while. And he's talk he wants to talk about specifically a sports broadcasters thirty thirty for podcast which is launching in two thousand six we tell original sports stories with new interviews. Um I think sportscasters are always telling stories. The good ones are. Yeah. So while it may be cool um in something new ESPN's doing, but th- you know, they've they got they've had as many as two hundred podcasts running at once, two hundred and thirty. So you know, they are not new to this game and they do a lot of great content. Agreed. But this, go ahead. What are you going to say, Rob?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I don't, I mean, a lot of these predictions articles that I've seen and I, I put out my own this week and I sent you a link to it, Todd. Okay. Um, They, they sometimes have some good thoughts in there and ideas about what, what could happen in this next year. But, yeah. What they're kind of it seems like what a lot of them are missing, and I'm not saying this every one of us like that, but they they just seem to be missing um kind of like important distinctions um that they kind of get a little out of context or they're misinformed about. and I think it just gets gets back to not everyone knows everything about everything, and I think um that that applies to the podcasting space as well uh, is that some of the ideas that are mentioned in these prediction articles are are good. Um, But then when you kind of really pull them apart, they kind of fall apart because the, the idea or the thought about what's coming um, is kind of coming from a, a person or a perspective that's just not informed about what's happening. Um, And that's, I I don't know, is that a, that a good thing or a bad thing?
0: Well, you know, not very many people have a very wide view and, I'm not saying I have a wide, you know, I have a wide view within the progressive stuff I work on. I'm not, I don't have an all-inclusive look in the space either. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's pretty damn wide. Um,
1: yeah. Well, you know, I think in order to have that perspective, I think you need to have <clears throat> been involved in the space since the very beginning. Um, because if you haven't been, there's going to be a lot of little subtle things that, um, you're going to think are something new and revolutionary, but maybe have been tried two or three times. And if you haven't been around the space, you wouldn't know that.
0: And another thing he says is in 2017, television networks will play a vital role in helping their viewers get wise to podcasts in part. They, this will be through networks, creating more companion podcasts. Most of the companion podcasts done to televisions are done by individual podcasters, not by the networks. Most of the really good ones. Um, I mean,
1: I mean, Todd, and you know this too, but I, um, a lot of the big TV networks have shot away from doing official podcasts and one of the, th- there's two reasons for that. <clears throat> one is that they, um, their talent isn't under contract to do that kind of content. And the other one is, is that oftentimes that content is boring because it's too inside ballpark. Um, there can't be any speculation. There can't right. be any any guessing about what's coming. Uh, th- they can't really play in the, the realm of what the fans like to talk about. Mm-hmm. The fans of a particular show like to talk about what's possible, what's coming. Um, what is the new storyline uh, likely going to be? An official podcast can't talk about that kind of stuff. I,
0: I tell you who does it best for a network, and it's HBO okay, for like HBO, when you're watching, let's just say, for example, the Westworld series at the very end, they have a one or two minute, yeah, their own deconstruction of what happened during the shows. Those are fantastic. I love those end commentaries that they do, but they, you know, they, they, they hint of something to come, but they really, they, again, they don't let the storyline away. So yeah. I think H, if, 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 if television series took a, took from the, uh, hbo playbook they could have a real winner on their hands but they have yeah. to use video and that's what hbo does they they show a scene or they show this or they talk about that they do it really 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 well um yep. so that's the exception in my point um yeah and he goes on to say that podcasting is the zeitgeist of 2017 multiple series inspired by the medium are about to hit the screens giving broadcast established format and ready-made audiences while delivering podcasters great reach and Fox 21 is adapting Syria, which will follow the making of a podcast explorer's case as well as developing this American Life Project. ABC is recreating Startup. This is different. This is a television show that's been created from a podcast, not a television show that had a companion podcast show. So um, we'll see. We'll see what he, and he talks about carplay um a little bit monetization content over interruption he says a number of major brands are cementing podcast advertising creation their marketing ge ebay slack intercontinental virgin atlantic tinder led the charge continued audience fragmentation is spurring advertisers take advantage of podcasting's ability to target niche audiences advertising spokes to grow in the u.s about 25 percent a year through 2020 so geoware, dynamic, and insertion will increase to integrate timely targeted host read advertising into evergreen formats. I don't believe that. Uh, very few shows do evergreen. Less than 3% have true evergreen content. So there's only 3% of the thousands of shows out there that have yeah. truly evergreen content. Yeah. 96 hours, 90% of the content is burned on most shows. Content consumption. Um, customer branded podcasts will also gain. This is stuff like it just continues to happen. It's, um, it's not a bad article. I'm not going to go into. You know, he does make a prediction that Nielsen is going to uh, seize a challenge bringing Order to the Wild Wild West. They've done nothing. Nielsen has done shit in the podcasting space. They've been talking about it for a couple of years, but they don't have access so they can't do any analytics. No one's playing with them. You have any thoughts on Nielsen in 2017?
1: Well, I haven't really heard any, <laughs> any progress that they've made in the space. They're probably going to uh, make some progress maybe with the public radio side on the, on the radio side maybe um, of trying to get um get connected up but you're you're totally right Todd and we had this conversation with Nielsen yep. um, I was on a panel back at their Nielsen audio event in and, 2015 right <laughs> uh well that was last year oh I was it was last year there, but but yeah i mean the sdk that they were talking about putting out to to track podcast consumption the focus of that was on the, the like the embeddable player or the client right, side right and there's just so many clients out there and so many embeddable players. I, it's just not practical for them to embed their, their tracking code in all those, all those players. He um, said, yeah,
0: he says, Apple has been lax in the responding demand from podcast creators and advertisers for more comprehensive consumption data. Although the scope podcasting is that will have that available radio print and other out and out and what outdoor there's the capacity to turn on even more detailed feedback. Apple may account for 6% of da, 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 all this stuff. Um, Many think that 2017 could be year that Apple takes a look at its industry's offspring. I concur with the views of media analyst Ken doctor. I don't even know who he is who predicts a scenario in which Apple provides paid for act, paid for access to non-invasive actionable data and thereby avoids quashing podcast thriving sub industry. I, 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 Apple, <laughs> Apple has to date given no one, no access to no data user data
1: you- I th- Yeah, I, I just don't think um, Apple has really any incentive to, to play in that area <laughs> I,
0: I, um, I thought with the Podcast Connects website that there was a chance and, and I'm still thinking there could be a chance that they would do this um Better yeah, be careful. What better how be careful? they do it though. Um, by it, it, turning it on, basically giving a you know what network providers get. You know, Rob, as you as a network provider, you know what you can get from Apple from their their metrics that they provide. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is metrics to be had out of Apple if you're a network player, but it's not billable actionable data. And better be careful what you wish for too. There might be data in that data that you don't want to really admit to. So it's it's um uh, we'll see. We'll see what um what happens here with Apple. I'm not saying it's impossible, but if I was to go to Vegas and put a hundred bucks on it, um I don't know, I don't know if that'd be a good bet.
1: Well, I also have noticed that there's always this kind of like this um, subtle threat that that uh, if Apple doesn't do it, then someone else is going to step in and get that data somehow. And it's like, no, <laughs> nobody else is going to step in and get that data.
0: <laughs> so I had to turn uh, your audio up, Rob. They said you were a little low today. So oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we've had you uh, up pretty good lately, but go ahead.
1: Yeah. So Apple is is. Uh, Not going to get bypassed. I mean, I mean, what this past year we had a company spin up saying that they had access to Apple's data. (laughs) Yes. And it's just not not true. (laughs) They they had nothing.
0: Yeah. And they proved nothing up to this point.
1: Yeah. And they've stopped talking about it for some reason. Yes, they have. Yes.
0: After, well, since they quit talking about it as soon as we called them on it they essentially clammed up immediately when we gave them the opportunity to come on and explain themselves and how they were giving unique data. Um, it was just a, just a press thing.
1: So let's get I think they, they honestly probably thought that they had something unique. They they just didn't understand the fact that, uh, that, uh, that hand has been played many years ago. So, um, and, and we, we know how that turned out. Yeah. Uh, there was a company in the past that uh, created a plug-in that plugged into uh, to to iTunes and tried to do this, <laughs> uh, right? Yes, As you they recall. did. Yes, they and, did. <laughs> and Apple Apple pulled the plug on them,
0: squashed them like a worm. Yep. <laughs> okay, so Rob, are we ready to deconstruct your predictions? Oh, feel free. Nine evolutions. I like how you put it. Evolutions of podcasting in 2017. You didn't say predictions. You said nine evolutions.
1: All right. But, you know, I I, I shared this out on, um, on Twitter, uh-huh. and I did a little test between using the term evolutions uh-huh. and using the term predictions. And I found that um, more people clicked on it to, to access it if I use the word predictions evolution evolutions <laughs> for some reason.
0: All right. <laughs> and and this is – you should have made it 10 things because we could have done it like the – what is that show where they do their top 10 rundown or whatever? Well, th-
1: honestly, the, 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 the reason why it's only nine <laughs> is that I, I originally had 10, but I actually dropped um, one of them because it, it was a little redundant with one of the other ones. Okay. And I couldn't come up with a tenth one. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number nine: hosting distribution platforms. And I haven't read this, by the way, so I'm I'm coming in cold. Nine host. Uh, number nine: hosting distribution platforms have dealt better tools to help monetizing smaller and larger shows easier. I think we've talked about that here. I, I think maybe, yeah. And if it happens, I think it's going to happen in late 2017. Um, yeah,
1: no, clearly. I mean, I mean, Spreaker's on the path to do that, um, and I know that uh, I'm sure you guys are, and I'm sure others are thinking about this as well.
0: Yeah. And it ties into the combination of programmatic ad-buying tools with powerful CMS tools will appear to enable trafficking advertisers across hundreds of shows in one campaign. Yeah, that is, uh, but it will come at a at a price. Oh, yeah. At a, at a CPM price, so um, he he you, you go on to say, do not think most premium paid podcast shows produce much revenue this coming year. There's been, a, it's true, the premium stuff is, you know, for some people it does very well. The big shows they do well, but most shows can't can't if they get premium? They they may get gas money or something like that. Um, number eight. Interactive Advertising Realms IAB continued march towards podcasting, download, and metric standards. So uh, the group has put out a guideline. So you think we're just going to do more stuff in 2017? Yep. Yeah, I agree. Matter of fact, the team has just started, and we're looking at our goals, and I can't talk about initiative that they're doing, but there is a very, <clears throat> um, a very important uh, initiative that they're, if by March, should produce a pretty cool report. Uh, we'll see if it if it comes to task, but they are going to be working on the guidelines again. Number seven: in car dash consumption podcast would continue to replace radio listening in the car. I think this is will be a ten year march, don't you? To, mm-hmm. to make this happen.
1: Yep, that's that's the core core reason why I I, I didn't use the word predictions because I I wanted to communicate this evolutionary yep. thing because there, 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 there's nothing revolutionary in my list. It's just a continuation of what we, we've already been seeing.
0: And with 230 or 330 <laughs> million cars, how whatever the total number is in the United States, um, yep. it, it's going to take a while to replace. You look at my vehicle, I got a 2009 uh, vehicle and I, and I have no plans on selling it anytime soon. I drive vehicles till their wheels fall off because it's most financially available financially viable means to get the most money out of a car um i know some people trade them every three years i just don't do that um but the in-car entertainment is already in our hands as if you've got the ability to connect to bluetooth on your vehicle um there's no yep. reason why you can't do the in-car consumption you know it's probably already happening in a big way well you look at your yep. look at i look at my kids My son gets in the car, it's immediately, bam, Bluetooth, boom. He puts up whatever he's streaming audio he's listening to and drives me, you know, batshit crazy listening to whatever music he's listening to. So, um, you know, and and I'm the same. I get in the car and immediately the podcast starts playing that I've been listening to because it connects to Bluetooth and resumes. So, um. Yeah, I think you're 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 dead on on that. I think podcasts have been listening to cars a lot from the beginning. Be, oh, sure. i would be curious to hear what that breakout would be, or you know, you could also classify that as subway, bus, you know, any type of mass transit, Train, airplane. Hmm. It'd be interesting to hear what that percentage is. Yeah. Number six: personal voice agents, Alexa, Echo. I've got to be careful here. Um, Google something. <laughs> Because I've got one sitting right on the desk. Siri and Cortana <laughs> devices won't. Because I start talking to them, they'll they'll wake up. Will enable more in home listening growth. Uh, I agree that uh, we're going to see in more and more. Con- and, and it's going to be um, fun to be able to start breaking some of this out as these uh, um, systems develop and we get more stats out of these. You know, Google Play. We're still they they still haven't announced their API. So you can't get stats out of Google play yet for podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Amazon echo. Most of the podcasts are being served in from tune in. So, you know, as more podcasting apps are built for Amazon echo, we may start getting more stats from other providers. So we'll see, mm-hmm. but a lot of this consumption right now, and in need tune in at least we are able to get the data from them so that's that's a good thing we get the tune in tune in play data but we don't know if it happened on a mobile or alexa or where we where it happened we just know that it was played
1: and i do know that the 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 amazon folks are planning on uh, making this technology available to other devices so oh yeah
0: you,
1: you may see this in kitchen appliances, in-dash in car experiences, in your living room, bathroom devices. Um, there could be a lot of places that this voice, um, voice agent technology is going to get um, placed and available.
0: And they've got a huge, huge head start as well. Uh, not to say that, that Google is not going to get caught up, but uh, time will tell. All right. Um, next thing you've got in your list is dynamic ad insertion partnered with programmatic advertising buying and traffic and tools will improve. I agree. Uh, I think the, I think that is again at a price, um, and if podcasters are ready for that, then I think by the end of the year, this kind of ties back to number number nine, number nine. a little bit. Yeah, so. it
1: does. It's all the same.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> uh, number four some host read advertising morph into more like host, more like host like talent reads. Um, I'll read what you said here. Pa- Podcast advertising is built on what's called horse endorsed advertise reads. And in the new year, it will continue to grow in importance to increasing advertising revenue and in podcasting. into the issues related to talent and the time needed to record these host endorsed reads. Thus, We will see a shift towards having talented voiceover artists record most more host reads. We'll see two tiers of host reads, one done by the actual show host and those done by talented ad readers that produce the advertising message in the same method as the show host would record them. But I think still it is so much more effective when I pitch when someone, than someone else's pitches.
1: That's true. So those ads will probably have a higher CPM.
0: The ones um, I but, read will have a higher CPM. The ones that are read correct. by someone else will have a lower. Correct. And I would agree with that. Because it's and I I I don't know what what does the listening audience think today that's online here with us? Do you think the audience will have aversion to the non talent person doing the the ad spot?
1: <laughs> or will the um <clears throat> the network or the platform try and find a uh, talent reader that sounds like the host. Oh, (laughs) Oh,
0: that's interesting. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, think about it. I mean,
1: I mean, if once we start heading down this path of more targeting of um, ad messages, um, there may need to be, you know, five or six different versions of host reads that are produced. Yep. Uh, And I'm not sure that a, a a host um would have the the time to do that and oftentimes there's show hosts that are just not good at doing host reads true
0: and i know so, some companies are doing pre pre mid post post they're doing as many as 5 ads on a show
1: yeah and that's that's walking the line of um being a problem
0: yeah um Daniel says, I skip dynamic ads. Eileen says, I don't listen to ads. That is the benefit of listening in the car on. <clears throat> Daniel says, I don't like insert host red ads like gimlets. Matt says, I would be interested in making a spot for something. <laughs> so Matt's uh, interested in being a reader. Um, so, you know, it. it uh, I think it all depends on how the, Insertion is done. It has to sound natural. It has to sound part of yeah. the flow.
1: Yeah, you it know? can't be a substantial break. It needs no. to be just like the the host stops talking, and then the the read starts. Well,
0: uh, I, I I don't know. I just oh uh, uh, yeah. It's 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 a hard hard road to hoe for me. To, I think they I think host endorsed and host read and is going to be the key, even if it's dynamic and inserted. I think you yeah. have to, the host is the key, but you're right. Some hosts do bad. And there's some very popular podcasters that do a shitty job doing ads, um, but they still seem to make money. Um,
1: Todd, I used to run um, um, ads on my old radio show that were voiced by you. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you you remember that but um um you and Andy McCaskey did a did an ad for me that I played on my old on oh, a radio Really? Show.
0: Yeah. I don't even remember that.
1: Go to meeting.
0: Oh, so we were doing the reads. we were doing the go to meeting spot. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, that is funny. <laughs> um Eileen, you have to listen to the ads in the podcast. You got to support the medium. Don't be skipping them. <laughs> don't be skipping the ads in the podcast medium. We have to. We have to support. <laughs> it's true. I don't. I always listen to the ads. I we're, you know, it, it's and I know some people don't like them, but it's a. You know, we, we, uh, we got to keep the money flowing into the space.
1: <laughs> well, and if they're done right, they can yeah, be, they can be entertaining, they can be fun to listen to. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. Short segment, social media sharing and playback growth. The podcast today grow audience by word of mouth. We see more plans to support the social media sharing of short segments from audio programs and social media platforms, such as Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why we introduced what we did this year. You know, yep. exactly that.
1: But Um, Let's be clear. It's nothing new, (laughs) right?
0: Right. It's, you know, and believe me, it's, uh, I I was playing catch up. (laughs) Number two, live audio recordings to podcasting growth. Uh, one of the leading trends online has been, been, and will continue to be enabling live video and audio as an example of this recent decision. On part of Facebook to enable live audio streaming on its closed platform. Some podcasting platforms combine live audio and streaming and recording to be then coded in MP3. Content creators and listeners like the interactivity of live. Therefore, this will continue to grow in 2017. I agree too. <clears throat> and number one, Android takes a larger share of the podcast listening market. Uh, even if it's 1% or 2%, that would be great growth. <laughs> Mobile devices, yeah. and actually, Android's had a great year. Um, And I I need to run the end-of-year report as as soon as we're done with December and and see where we're at. But um, I had pretty impressive uh, numbers earlier in the year. I was pretty excited uh, about them taking iTunes. uh, The the iTunes audience hasn't decreased, but taking away market share. So uh, I'm pretty happy with where Android is. But a lot of podcasters could give two shits about Android. Still, you know, I I come across sites every day that have no no way for an Android listener to subscribe. It's 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 criminal. So yeah, Rita said I was thinking of Andy. Yeah, I haven't talked to Andy in a while. Andy's been playing grandpa and uh, doing his thing. So
1: yeah hey Todd i was just thinking um <clears throat> so if we keep podcasting and into like our our 70s and stuff um, <laughs> what's that going to look like for us is there going to be a, a a resurgence of geriatric podcasts uh 10 15 years from now
0: uh, <laughs> you know we 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 already don't have a face for for video so um <laughs> it's all downhill, right? yeah <laughs> you know, so what it'll be, Rob, is uh, you know, three, four years from now, you and I will be going seeing plastic surgeons and getting uh, facelifts and uh, oh, okay, and liposuction yeah, and, and yeah, everything. I should
1: have that done long ago. <laughs> if I'm going to do that, <laughs> well, it's true. I,
0: I, I'm. I think what you will see because of social media um, is, and you look at YouTube. You look at the the, the popular YouTube guys. They are 30 and under. There's not very many old YouTube dudes doing having much success. So as these successful YouTubers get older, you just watch. You just watch. They will be investing in plastic surgery to to look younger. They'll be doing just like the movie stars do to try to stay relevant and and keep their audience. I I, I really think that's the case.
1: So are we gonna? Um keep doing this show for the next 15 to 20 years and, and, and morph into being more like John C. Dvorak. Oh God. I <laughs> hope not. I hope not.
0: <laughs> of course, you know, John has two faces, you know, know John, John, yeah. John is, you know, on the daily source code, you know, John is very entertaining and you know, he's, he, he's hilarious. Um, but well,
1: he always gets people to think, you know, well, yeah. It's like, of course. what did he just say? Yeah.
0: But he can be curmudgeonly, is that the right word? I, I don't even know if I can pronounce that correctly. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. But, uh, I think that's, a, that's the correct word for it, yes.
0: So, no, we, I, don't, I don't think we want to get into that stage. So, you know, it's just, it's just like anything else, though. Um, you and I have to, and everyone in this space, this is the key. You know, at, at 12 years, it can be easy to get into a grind where you're just doing the same thing. You know, and I'll be honest with you, having started this new YouTube channel that I'm doing and I've only put up four or five videos, um, it is, you know, for example, we had a Christmas party with my wife's friends. I had a great opportunity to get four or five minutes worth of video at that event, but I just didn't quite feel comfortable walking around with a camera and stick it in their face and, you know, it just, it, it felt weird to me, whereas, um, it, that's what I have to do in order to get this type of content I want for this new YouTube live channel. So you and I in some podcasting spaces, as an example, we we have to stay current. We have to try new stuff. We have to stay relevant. You know, otherwise we become, you know, like, listen, to these two old bastards, you know, listen, to these guys, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. So you and I are going to have to continue to keep our game up too to and and not become like two grumpy old men. That's the last thing I want to happen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you fear that that's already happened?
0: (laughs) well, I think we become a little more cynical in some stuff we see.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Because I think
0: we're sick of seeing it and people not being informed and we may not be a hundred percent right either. So I try to caution myself and have, you know, open opinion as much. Yeah. Rick says, uh, I predict Amazon will be taking a hard look at podcasting. Oh, they already are. They're taking a very hard look at it. Uh, I know a lot more than I can say. They're, they're taking a very hard look at it. Uh, Matt says, look at Leo Laporte. He's been doing this for years and he made his own network and podcast and shows. Remember though, Leo, um, if he had not been on television, um, and had that as an advantage, uh, would Leo be as popular as he is today? Yeah. That is the well, question.
1: Yeah, well, and he had a had nationally syndicated radio show, too. Right. So those are things that uh, set him apart. Um,
0: Before he had a G4, podcast. Yeah.
1: yeah. So
0: he's yeah. paid his dues in the audio world, you know, through traditional media, television and re- regular radio. You know, Leo's kinda like the uh um Howard Stern of Tech when it comes to uh you know, radio. He's syndicated on six hundred stations. So of course he's got this vehicle to promote his network. But he, he did that before he was a podcaster. So um and I'm, I'm not taking and anything away from what Leo's done. He's done a great job.
1: And he's a very, very talent talented oratory. Oratory, or I don't know if that's the right word for yeah. it, but he he is very, very talented uh with the spoken word. Yeah. So And he's uh, got a, and
0: he's got a voice for radio for podcasts too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he's built a lot of um loyal loyal followers, loyal um content creators to to just jump at the chance to be on any program that he's involved in.
0: Yeah, Daniel says, I often want to do a vlog kind of stuff. I almost feel embarrassed. Uh, I missed it. It rolled off the screen. He feels embarrassed to be talking to his phone. When I was walking around the Arizona Memorial uh, a couple of days after the uh, uh, 75th anniversary, and I was narrating as I was walking around, man, it, 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 you expect young kids to be doing this? I was getting some weird looks from some people. You definitely, they look at you like you are from outer space. Uh, but that's what you have to do to to vlog. Um, Eileen says,
1: well, I ho- Go ahead. Oh, it's part of kind of living on the edge of this stuff. Um, you know, back in the early days when we started doing this stuff too, it and people looked at us. You do a podcast? Right. What's that? Right. You know, <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. You know, I mean, we're we tend, Todd, you and I, to take the path less traveled. And and that puts us in uncomfortable situations sometimes. Right. Um,
0: I, s- I still have family members say you're still doing that podcast
1: thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> thing. It's a thing. It's like a foreign object.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're an odd duck, Todd. <laughs>
0: so, you know, but it's just, you know, they're in and the, like now everyone knows I'm leaving for CES. Everyone's always asking me about that. But I don't think half of them have a clue <laughs> to what I really do. You know, it's like you still can't explain to some people. They understand the audio part. They understand the podcast. But when it comes to the business and everything else going on, it, it's pew, right over their head. They they don't understand it. Yeah. So. All right, let's hear what else. Uh, Rick says, I get weird looks just standing around. So I guess that's worth a. Oh, we got some—we got some uh, some comedians in the chat room today. Um, Eileen says, "I just smile at people and say Snapchat, and they nod like they understand, even if I'm not on Snapchat." Um, that's fun. But well, the
1: very least, it gets them to smile because right. saying the word Snapchat <laughs> makes you smile,
0: right? Well, some of the stuff I see on Snapchat these days—I actually. I I got sucked in. I will admit it. Um someone had said someone shoots the first porn in Snapchat. And I'm thinking Snapchat's like a minute of content. How do you shoot a porn video in Snapchat? And <laughs> so I'll admit I watched the sixty second clip and it was it was not good. It was weird. Um yeah, well, it, but it all was those just those videos are weird. It was what just like mean? ten seconds of this, ten seconds of that. I was just like and the visuals weren't great. So I was
1: like <laughs> But well, the, 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 the whole animal mask thing and, oh, yeah, and the, the warped faces and things like that. It's uh it's a new form of content.
0: I was in Texas and I walked into a, uh, a wings place. Imagine that a wings place in Texas and imagine, yeah. And, uh, uh, wings and things or some, that's a chain down there. I think they're, I think they're national. I don't know. But, um, walked in and there's this guy sitting in the restaurant with his friends and he's wearing he's got a donkey head on you know one of those donkey heads and i just stopped and i looked and i got my camera out and i took a picture of him and he got offended that i took a picture and i said you know if you're gonna look like a like a jackass in a in a wings place i said i am definitely gonna take your picture you should have came in as a chicken and his friends all laughed um but it's like Well, I will admit, in my early days, when I was in my 20s, I probably would have been the guy wearing the donkey head. I probably would have been that dude. But at 50, no.
1: (laughs) It's just weird. Not going there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) But that would be one way to cover CES, do an interview, wear a horse head and walk around doing interviews with people wearing a horse head. That would definitely be worth some views on YouTube, I think.
1: That would, uh, that would definitely get your, get your picture on Facebook and yeah, on Twitter.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to associate my brand with, uh, horse no. head interviews though.
1: <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> oh, dear. but that, that would definitely get you, get you some attention. Yes, it would.
0: But overall, Rob, I think your list is, uh, of the evolution of podcasting is pretty good and I, uh, I think it's a lot of stuff we've talked about on this show for this past year so i haven't done a list i'm just we frank frank with you i don't have the energy <laughs> to think that hard because we talk about it so much here you know those that matter are listening so they know where we where we stand i don't need to tell the world and i'm glad you did so um but i just i just don't have the energy to do it
1: yeah well it doesn't get uh, it doesn't get picked up by a big major media um well, you article get, or something you, like that you've
0: got to get to over there and figure out how to submit to ad age so you can get uh you know your byline over there
1: there you go yeah and then it has credibility when it's posted over at ad age right, right?
0: of course or it makes the new york times or wall street journal then it has credibility right those are all vetted articles with lots of research and uh you know, uh, right. technical people that have verified every word that has been written in the article.
1: <laughs> and I know you're being facetious a little bit.
0: Right? You, you know what I could do is I could post something that uh, would be like a total fake news article. Make just a whole bunch of outrageous claims and predictions for 2017 and put that up. And see what kind of traction that got.
1: That probably uh, get a lot of traction. Yeah. Because I can tell... I. I, I can tell you, being being real with this stuff doesn't uh, doesn't get as much attention. No, 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 it doesn't, because it's it's a cold hard truth.
0: Yeah,
1: and nobody likes to think about cold hard truths. They just want to live in a fantasy world. Hey, um, I just wanted to to mention too, um, the whole you know we had talked about the Snapchat stuff. Yeah, and how younger people are playing around with. Um, this aug- augmented reality, somewhat yep. um, on Snapchat, because I mean, if you think about these these masks that they're putting on each other's faces and and the the warped faces and things like that, um, that's that's a little bit of a glimpse of where I think um, media creation is heading towards uh, is is an aug- augmented reality or a mixed reality concept, um, and and I think this next year could. Could be a year um, over the next couple of years where we start to see a significant impact um, in the media creation world um, using augmented reality. Um, I'm not sure what this means for podcasters quite yet, um, but I have a sense. I've been thinking about it more, and I do wonder if um, augmented reality or mixed reality uh, will be able to be recorded. And there may be a way of presenting content, um, in a mixed reality video or, um, that will be different, um, that we might see a little bit of a resurgence of, uh, video podcasting of some form start to come, come back a little bit. Um, or is it just going to all just be YouTube stuff, uh, or streamed off of other, other platforms, um. I'm not sure that there's a big impact for augmented reality around audio. Uh, I just, I I can't visualize that. I don't know, Todd, can you see any kind of impacted from mixed, mixed reality, augmented reality with audio podcasting? Do you see any?
0: No, none. I don't, I don't think so. And I'm excited to see what's going to be on display in Vegas. I know that, been I mean, trying to get some invites to some private demos that are company that are showing off technology that they're really not introducing but trying to get funding for. So hopefully I can get into some of those and come back with some perspective, even though I may not be able to talk about exactly what I saw. But you know, Robert Scoble's heavily and you know, that's what his complete focus is right now is is VR. And um, you know well, in
1: mixed in mixed reality yeah. is it, it is really I think the concept that's gonna get traction.
0: So like, I guess we'll see and uh, you're going to, you know, if the, the individuals that think outside the box and can are the cr- really super creative types, not talking heads, this is going to take a really creative person, um, the VR stuff is going to be possible or mixed reality stuff is going to be pretty over the top. I think we're going to see some amazing things and, um, it just is a huge opportunity for someone out there to be able to, uh you know show off their talents. I I I am really excited to see what's coming. Um I think we're going to be blown away. Time will tell. But you know the the challenge is can I can I watch that without being on a VR headset? Um the, that's the key. If I can't um then it's going to have a slow uptick just because of the cost involved to have a good VR headset.
1: So we might see another kind of kind of resurgence in the area of 3d um that could come out of this um because a lot of mixed reality experiences tend to be kind of 3d experiences um and so we might see more of a of a drive towards 3d in web videos um and uh, from a display perspective i i I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on um kind of kind of display creators or Mm -hmm. manufacturers to come up with um, 3D experiences that um, are not cumbersome to experience. Um, I don't know, Todd, I would, I mean, if I were you, I would keep an eye on 3D experiences at CES too, just as a, as kind of a backdrop to this whole trend.
0: Well, I made the mistake of going seeing Rogue One in 3D. I didn't realize I had bought in 3D tickets. Um, and I regret having seen Rogue One in 3D the first go around. Um,
1: really? Why is that?
0: Yeah, you know, it just it's just clunky. You know, you get the the movie theater oh, 3D glasses, glasses aren't thing? great, yeah. and if you wear glasses, you have to put the glasses over. It just it just wasn't as good as as one would think. Um, but I, I didn't realize I was buying 3D. I, I should have known by the 1650 price tag on them. I was just <laughs> I was just trying to get in the Titan Theater right, where they've got the recliner seats and, and fantastic sound. But I end up being in a 3D Titan Theater, which was cool. But the kids enjoyed it. But I want to go back and see it again in non-3D. But
1: So so what did you think of the actual movie itself?
0: Oh, uh, you know, I, I'm not into the political de- de-analysis of it. I take it for what it is. I, I thought it was great. I, it's, you know, it's Star Wars. You know, come on. How can they, you know, they have to really screw up to, to make me unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I got to go see, I, I, hey, I'm old enough, I got to go see the original Star Wars when it, I did too. When it came Opening out. Opening night. Yes, Opening absolutely. And you know, I think yeah. I watched it seven or eight times. It's the only movie I've ever been back multiple times. And it yeah. people just don't understand, you know, people we, we, we talk about it being a leap, but people have no idea. Uh, you, know, you think about the time uh, the time period that the original star Wars come out and what they did with the first movie yeah. was incredible. Yeah. Um, you know,
1: it was really a breakthrough.
0: It but was,
1: that's it, that movie was revolutionary.
0: So now they just do everything in CGI and, you know, they have renders and people that are drawing this stuff and it's all digital and um, you know, it, it, it was awesome. The first, you know, and, and so they have to totally, and people talk about the politicals, whatever. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm there to watch a movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Todd, did you see that we almost lost. Uh, um, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher yesterday. Yeah, Princess yeah. Leia almost uh, passed away on an airplane. Yeah,
0: they were doing, heard they were doing CPR and everything on her.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, that's, yeah, believe it or not you know the older you get you think about your old ticker and i did just sign up for a gym membership and for the whole family and i'm gonna see if we can lose some pounds in the new year not as part of a of resolu- a, a resolution but just as a general health thing to try to get out from behind the guests so much Death so much but um having a heart attack on an airplane is the worst case scenario if you're having a big one you're you're dead there's no way you're gonna get saved and must be she had enough there was enough people there and they had to be able to keep her alive and holy cow that's just the i've had i've been on airplanes where people died so um i, th- I think that's be the worst way to go on an airplane it just sucks yeah but yeah i'm glad you know so how old is she anyway she's probably in her she in her 60s I think she's
1: in her or, 60s yeah So, well,
0: for the guys out there, you don't see, uh, nursing homes full of men. There's usually about a hundred women and two guys. So if you can make it that far, congratulations. But, uh, (laughs) it's true. Go to a nursing home, walk through, count the number of old dudes in there. They're not there. They're all six feet under.
1: (laughs) You laugh, Rob. Have you or, been to or one? ashes. Yo, I know. I know. <laughs> There's lots lot, lots of available women as you get older, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know, and I'm dealing with a situation with a good friend right now that's on life support and it's it's not looking good and uh this guy was one of those dudes that uh, strong as an ox. He was he should have led, lived to he was 100. But a freak infection and you know, you just never know when your when your mile markers up. So enjoy every day that you have, folks. That's true. All right, uh, let's get off the morbid. Um, let's see here. The, uh, Apple yeah, did Apple did come out with their best of 2016, according to iTunes. Yeah, uh, and you know I think their list probably is as accurate as it goes, as far as. Um, and I don't see what did they say. Um, did they put a, uh, the group of podcasts described as in iTunes as favorites? They, they are simply listed together in one group and not ranked against each other. Um, revisionist history, how I built this in the dark, Jocko podcast, Anna Ferris is unqualified NPR politics podcast, my favorite murder, two dope queens. That show keeps coming up again and again. Accused. 538 Politics, Heavyweight, and Pardon My Take. So is there Barstool Sports, Gimlet, uh, WNYC, Cincinnati Inquirer, from Feral Audio, NPR, Political Reporters, 1, 2, 3, NPR, and Panaply. So I think there was four, maybe three or four truly independent shows there. So uh, everything else part of a network. Dun dun, dun dun dun, I think that's a key. You want to get, you want to grow a big show, do a full time, get your skills up, and apply to have a show at Gimlin or Panamly. I think uh, being part of a successful network has some incredible value right now.
1: Yeah, that's true. But
0: well, we are getting close to the end of the show. I'm looking here. Yeah, someone did a wiki look up. Carrie Fisher is sixty. So, hmm. So, uh, any extraordinary plans for Christmas, Rob? What uh, What are you guys doing? Just staying home. Did your no, no. your I think your daughter had her car stolen. And did I read that correctly?
1: Oh, it was a, uh, last summer.
0: Oh, so. I thought I saw something recently on Facebook where she was. Had an issue. Hmm. So, oh, I don't I, think so. Um, she
1: was complaining. So. About,
0: she's complaining uh, about something. I'll have to go back and look. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's got to be something.
0: <laughs> Is she uh, coming home for the holidays?
1: I, she's in Seattle. so oh, okay. She's always always around.
0: So you're going to have the whole gang
1: in? Mm, yeah. It'll be kind of a hit and miss because they all have their, their own family. I mean, they're boyfriends girlfriends right, families right, right. and it just it's 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 messy yeah I,
0: <laughs> I understand that completely uh my my uh well my daughter uh, anna is uh in tokyo right now with her boyfriend and she leaves for okinawa to go see my wife's family i think tomorrow and she'll be there for 10 days and uh my son uh my, well, my, <laughs> you know since my wife is uh absolute bottom of the totem pole at hawaiian airlines she has to work tomorrow morning so she's working from six to noon so we'll oh. we'll probably pick her up at the airport and i think this year we're just going to go somewhere else and have them feed us <laughs> and then come home and uh uh open up presents and and she'll probably crash because she has to leave the house at 5 a.m so she gets up pretty early but uh so it'll be a little different christmas for us this year just because she has to work and my son who is a college student and uh is um he works at outback uh that's his part-time job as a server there and uh so he he doesn't have to work christmas day because obviously they'll be closed um but uh he's pretty happy with the christmas period because People have a tendency to tip a little more during the Christmas period. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, so generous.
1: It's gift giving. Yeah, gift giving time.
0: So, well, uh, my
1: son um I don't know if I've have said this on on the show before, but my son lives in Russia. That's right. So, he actually actually he lives in Siberia. So
0: So when are you going to go to visit?
1: He's he, he's been after me to go to to go to Siberia for 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 6 months now.
0: Rob, so, you got to go.
1: I know, I do. <laughs> and actually, you're close.
0: You just fly out of Seattle going that way. You don't, or do you have to go through Europe to get to Siberia? How do you? How,
1: how, well, you have. To, yeah, you have to fly from here to like Moscow, and then and then, back. then you have to backtrack to Siberia. So, oh. so it's it's Russia is such a huge country. Yeah, just flying is. from Moscow to where he's at is a five hour flight.
0: Awesome. Yeah. You, you got to do it because you, take your camera, and that would be the. Uh, an amazing blog
1: yeah i want to go there in the s- summertime because it's like every day there it's like 10 or 15 below zero no, you gotta day. go
0: when it's cold that's to get the true <laughs> russian experience right
1: Oh, uh, yeah there you go yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's that's true that's true <laughs> and it, yeah and i didn't tell you but my daughter is now a a manager of a big domino's pizza store in seattle
0: really yeah So she's not doing the modeling thing anymore, or Uh,
1: she's still doing that kind of kind of like on the weekends and on the side. Oh, that's cool. Made an offer to her that she couldn't refuse. You know, it's one of those kind of things. Yeah, well, awesome.
0: For those of you that don't know, Rob, I don't know how this was accomplished, but Rob's daughter is tall and beautiful. So
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) I can't claim any responsibility for this. Well, you
0: can claim responsibility for her height. Yeah, you know, exactly. where the beauty come from, it obviously came from your wife. Didn't come from <laughs> you for sure. <laughs> but, uh, for sure. But my daughter in, uh, Florida is, uh, um, spending it with her mom and her fiance. And so anyway, but you know, so it's going to end up being just a small thing for us here. But for those of you that have been listening uh, today live, I, I am, you know, we're, we're wrapping here, but I, I, you know, I know Rob may speaking for Rob as well. I'll, I'll let him say what he wants to say, but, I want to wish uh, each and every one of you a Merry Christmas or a Happy Holidays, uh, depending if you celebrate Christmas or not, but, um, you know, enjoy your time with the family and, uh, and promote your podcast because <laughs> <Right. laughs> family and friends will help you grow your audience. Uh, no matter what, well, they may not listen, but at least they'll, they'll talk about it. And, uh, no. and that's, that's the important thing. But anyway, have a, have a great, uh, great holiday, Rob.
1: Yeah. Uh, I want to wish everybody a great, uh, new year 2017 is on the way. It's going to be a interesting ride. Uh, I, I think with all the changes here in the U S this next year, it's going to be uh, never a dull moment. And if I was doing right. a political podcast, uh, I think I would have lots of, uh, things to talk about in the next year. <laughs> um, now, as far as this show is concerned, I think, uh, we're going to have some stuff to talk about next year, as you could tell from my, my look into the, the crystal ball for what's coming. Um, and also want to wish you a fantastic uh, Christmas, too. I hope there's some fun presents under the tree this year for you. So, And thank you for following us on the, on the, uh, on the show every, every week if you watch us live or even on demand. Um, we'll keep coming back and doing this show. Uh, as long as you keep coming back and listening, so yeah
0: Rob I'm hoping everything works out where we can do a show next Saturday of course I'm leaving okay. Saturday night it's going to be a little nuts, so I will let you know midweek I, I should be able to I think we'll plan on it um but yeah I'm going to be uh, you know crazy busy to try to get ready to get out of here but um, um, I think we'll try to do one next week if, okay are you going to be available
1: yeah okay. No, I can do one.
0: But definitely the, uh, the following week and, eh, uh, January, the week of January 7th, uh, or the Saturday, January 7th, there'll be no way, but, uh, we'll, we'll try to do one on new year's Eve, uh, next okay. week and, uh, see if we can, I'm sure there's going to be some end of year articles coming out, but keep on podcasting folks. Again, this is the big time, uh, yep. really starting tomorrow when people are opening their presents through about January 15th, uh, keep the, keep the content rolling. Uh, but if you have any comments on today's show, you can email me, email me Todd, at com, or you can reach me at Geek News on Twitter. Of course, uh, if you have any, need any help over to Blueberry.com, they help, to help you out there as well. But, Rob?
1: Uh, yeah, I could be reached. Uh, just s- send me an email, rob at spreaker.com. And, and I have a website uh, at Basically, robgreenly.com. That's actually where that article is that I posted about the the evolutions uh, of podcasting in 2017. So, if you want to read all the details that are in that article, definitely go check that out. That's at uh, robgreenly with two e's.com. And uh, I also do the Spreaker Live Show every Wednesday, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, at spreakerliveshow.com. where uh, actually, I talked about my article in this past week's episode of the Spreaker Live Show. Um, so I, I spend the whole episode talking about each of those nine items that we had covered as well. I go into a little more detail on my thoughts on that. So anyway, um, thanks.
0: And for those of you that, uh, want to know what the president's doing here in Hawaii, he's driving us crazy by causing all kinds of traffic jams as he always does. We're kind of celebrating cause this is his last, um, winter with us doing, uh, two or three weeks of vacation and causing, all kinds of chaos with uh, with traffic and tourist resorts and all that stuff. Well, hopefully he'll start uh, vacationing somewhere else. <laughs> but we like the money he brings in anyway. So, but anyway, oh, yeah. all
1: of the all of the reporters, yeah, and, yeah, all that yeah.
0: all that income, and uh, of course all the Secret Service staying in hotel rooms and so forth. But everyone, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on the New Media Show. Everyone, take care. Aloha.